If you're thinking about launching your own course, I totally recommend Teachery, which is the platform I use for my Awaken Your Intuition course. And it is the easiest way to start earning money for your talents and your gifts. I love how simple it is. It's so uncomplicated. I'm not a tech person. So they have these flexible, fully customizable course templates that you just fill out your information. It's super clean. You can also brand it with your colors, your logo, and it is literally so easy and so fun too. You have a free 14-day trial to build your course. And my favorite part is you can demo it like you're a student and you can see what it looks like from the student's point of view. Also, it is super affordable. I shopped around a few different hosting platforms and Teachery by far has the best prices. You can pay monthly or yearly. If you want to know more info, go to the link in my show notes and sign up for the free 14-day trial. There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Psychic Scoop with Spirit Sis. It's me, Spirit Sis, also known as Steffi, my real name. Or it's Stephanie is my real name, but I go by Steffi, Spirit Sis. I guess I have like several different aliases. <laughs> but how are you? How is your day going? I am going to talk about a topic today that is a little more serious. So I thought I'd open a little lighthearted because you guys know it's a little difficult for me to keep it serious, but I do keep it real. Today we are going to talk about narcissism. And when I'm talking about narcissism, I'm not talking about someone who's really full of themselves or like, oh, that, that he's such a narcissist, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about narcissistic personality disorder and or toxic people in your life. Now, I want to give a few disclaimers before I pop into the episode. And I wanted to give a few trigger warnings because I will be talking about psychological and emotional, maybe even physical abuse and other topics that are surrounding mental health. As I say this, I also want to disclaim that I am not a licensed professional in mental health. I I don't have a PhD. And when I'm speaking about these topics, I'm speaking about it from my personal experience, not only as a psychic, but as a human being. And I'm also talking about it from the experience of a spiritual lens. Because if you are an empath, and if you are an intuitive person, and if you are someone who is highly spiritual, I guarantee you've probably come across an energy vampire, a toxic person, or someone who has narcissistic personality disorder at some point in your journey. But I wanted to let you know that if at any point this resonates, you are in a toxic relationship or you are in a relationship with a narcissist, and I'm talking if it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a a mom, dad, any dynamic where this really rings to you, I really suggest 
going to see a professional, a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, or someone who specializes in either CPTSD or has a mental health license because that is really going to help you. Just wanted to get that all out of the way before I really dive in to this topic because this has been requested by quite a few people and it is something that Spirit has wanted me to talk about for a while and I've wanted to talk about it but I am very gentle about talking about it but I am also a little apprehensive about talking about it because I do have quite a bit of PTSD involving this topic but I've also been researching and studying it for many years and have gone to many therapists and know a lot about the topic. Okay, I don't even know where to freaking start on this. I'm not going to go into a lot of personal details about my story just because it's a little irrelevant and I want to keep it to the point. But what I will say is I have firsthand experience from this. I was raised by a narcissistic father and I also then attracted a lot of narcissistic people into my life, be it friends, be it bosses, be it boyfriends. And I've really experienced a realm of psychological, physical, and mental abuse in my life. And as much as that pains me and that trauma was severe, it actually helped me a lot on my healing journey and helped me accept my gifts as a psychic once I realized that a lot of the trauma and limiting beliefs were really kind of hindering who I was and why I'm here on this planet. Because what narcissists are really good at is making you doubt yourself and not believe in yourself. And I am here to give the message that if you've gone through any sort of abuse, that you are still lovable, you are still worthy, and you have a life to live. So I want to drill that into your head. You are worthy of being here. And just because you've gone through some sort of abuse, it doesn't mean that you are broken. You are strong. So to identify a narcissist or someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, someone who is a narcissist has a grand sense of entitlement. And there are two types of narcissists. You have an overt narcissist and a covert narcissist. Now, the overt narcissist is someone who has a very grandiose personality. They will just come into a room and they'll make everyone laugh and they'll be very loud and they'll say things that are a little shocking, but they're very magnetic in a way. You almost want to know what's going on with them and they have a lot of confidence. Now, a covert narcissist will come off as a very vulnerable or a very soft, a very empathetic person where they're not necessarily as grandiose in their personality, like they won't come into a room and make a big grand thing, but they do want attention in a very vulnerable way. And a lot of times a covert narcissist will cling to a victim narrative. This is what happened to me in my childhood and I went through this trauma and this is why I am such an empathetic person. And another thing that categorizes a narcissist is their lack of of empathy. Because if you have true empathy, you're not a pathological liar, you're not a manipulator. And most importantly, you're also not someone who causes someone deep harm 
and pain. That is not empathy. That is actually the opposite of empathy. Now, when you meet the narcissist, they will go through a what's called a grooming period where they are basically trying to see if you can be easily manipulated. So they will just kind of do things that make you want to fall in love with them very quickly. So they will become your best friend or they will start love bombing you and giving you a lot of uh, compliments or they'll idealize you and they'll put you on a pedestal. They'll say things along the lines of like, I've never met anyone like you in my life, or we're so much alike. I can't believe I met someone like you, or I've been waiting my whole life to find someone like you. And if this is a romantic relationship, a narcissist will go very, very fast. You will be seeing them every single day. They will be calling you, hitting you up, and you will think in your head, wow, this is like a soulmate relationship. And a lot of times they say, I love you very quickly, or they ask you to be dating really quickly, or they will just completely just come into your life with a huge bang. And it's almost impossible to ignore them because they have this charming and I guess I can say tactful personality that draws you in. A covert narcissist and an overt narcissist have very different tactics. Now, the overt will do a lot of love bombing and grand gestures, overt narcissists really love gift giving. So they will give you a Tiffany necklace, or they will give you a brand something you really like, or they'll give you a check for money. You know, they just show you in kind of grandiose ways. Covert is a lot more of that mental stimulation, right? They'll get you very involved with sweet nothings, uh, with poems, or long, meaningful conversations. But during this quote-unquote grooming period, but what they're really doing is learning a lot about you, learning about your vulnerabilities. So they'll say something that is like extremely secretive or private to get you to share your secrets, or they will mirror you completely. If you say you're into film, they say they're into film. If you love this music, I love this music. They basically will mirror everything that you do. So you think that you are falling in love, or if it's a friend, you are you have so much in common with this person that you can, can't help but have them in your life. The thing about this is you will probably get a ton of red flags as this love bombing and as this idealization period happens. You'll probably think, hmm, this is going really fast. Or you might think, that's really weird that we have the same interest or their vulnerability seems a little feigned at times where you might think, hmm, did that really happen to them? But you also have so much empathy for their stories because, of course, you've been through it too. So if you're hearing about someone's trauma, someone's abuse, or maybe you're just hearing about a bad breakup or something that's going on with them, it's hard to not want to understand that story and feel like, wow, they're telling the truth and they're such a good person. I can't believe I'm so lucky to have found someone because they're constantly saying the same about you. Wow, I cannot believe I found someone as great as you. And trust me, at the beginning of any narcissistic relationship, it is literally romance, fun, exciting, glitter, 
gold. You just can't get enough of each other. And that is why what happens next can give you a lot of mental, what's called cognitive dissonance, where it's hard for you to really listen to your intuition. And they do this grooming period first because they are trying to see if you would become a good target for them to continue to use you for their benefit. And if you've had a narcissistic relationship, it's most likely because one, you're highly intuitive yourself. Two, you are definitely an empath. Three, you've had some sort of psychological abuse or neglect growing up. Or four, because you have very bad boundaries. Now, this is when the second stage comes in. You'll find that your boundaries are being basically manipulated and tested a lot because the first phase is that, you know, love bombing, that grooming period. The second phase is what they call the devalue phase. Now, devaluing is when they will just say little things about you, like maybe they might critique your outfit or they'll say something that's a little hurtful. They'll start to kind of give you silent treatment where maybe you were getting your phone blown up all the time by them, text messages, dates, exciting adventures, and then all of a sudden it's crickets. You have no idea what's happening on their end. There's a little bit of silent treatment or maybe they close off completely. Maybe it's sexually, maybe it's emotionally. Things just kind of shift in a way that make you think that's so weird. But because it was so good, you continue to ignore the red flags. If they're distancing or if maybe they have so much going on at work and la 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 la, that's kind of what they start to do when they are devaluing you. And they devalue you because a narcissist wants power. A narcissist is someone that is truly wanting all of the attention, all of the praise, and all of the power and control at all times. That is what defines a narcissist is that entitlement. And the way a narcissist gets attention and praise is through supply. They have to always have people lined up because if the narcissist doesn't have supply, then they are failing. They feel useless. So they always need to have someone lined up in the queue. It doesn't matter who it is. So a narcissist will have what's called a harem of people that they will kind of use in rotation. So either it's friends that worship them or, you know, coworkers that they love, or it could be ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, ex-lovers, or it could be even family members. And the narcissist does a really good job at keeping the harem, I guess you could say, occupied as a way because they are constantly giving them that love bombing, that attention because ultimately they will want to use the harem whenever they are cycling out their supply. But most of the time, a narcissist will focus on their primary supply, which is one person. And then the harem, they will go through a secondary or third supply when the primary supply is in the process of either being devalued or discarded, which I'll explain. But a lot of times the primary supply is a romantic partner, and it can also be an ex-partner because a lot of times the ex-partner doesn't really understand that the narcissist is a narcissist and they will dump them upwards to 15 times. I'm not kidding, guys. And they will continue to go back to that ex after they've been in multiple relationships because, oh God, it's just a whole thing. But it's, it's sick. These people are sick people. So let's get back to talking about the devalue stage. This will happen with gaslighting. And the gaslighting is 
a type of brainwashing and they will do a lot of things with this gaslighting as well as stonewalling or minimizing or critiquing you and you're unable to trust yourself and you're unable to trust reality. You kind of question your own reality when a narcissist is with you. They really break you down over time. So you have to rely on them. And they're really good at isolating you from friends, from family, from people that you trust, because the last thing they want you to do is to go and tell someone else what they're up to. So they're really good at making you feel like you're against your friends. Another way the narcissist will slowly abuse you or manipulate you is through something called triangulation. This happens when the narcissist pits you subconsciously or maybe even consciously against another one of their supplies. So this happens quite often when a narcissist brings up their ex-lover, ex-wife, ex-husband. They bring up this person constantly to introduce some sort of insecurity. So a lot of times in the love bombing period, we'll talk about their ex because that is a huge, huge tactic for them. So they'll bring up their ex in a way of, I had a really traumatic breakup with my ex because my ex was so in love with me. And now they have mental disorders because I'm not with them. And they tried and they begged to get back with me, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be with them and I didn't love them, but they're really obsessed with me. And they will talk about how their ex is quote unquote crazy. (laughs) And then you realize later, like, was that ex crazy or did you drive them crazy? But this is called triangulation because it forces the ex to be jealous of you and you to be jealous of the ex. Now, what's happening on the ex's end is maybe they told the ex, you're the love of my life. There's no way I could find someone else, but we're separating right now because I just need a break. Meanwhile, they find you, get into a relationship with you, and plaster it all over social media. So the ex is crazy jealous that the love of their life, quote unquote, is in this new relationship. What's common in a narcissistic family, if a narcissistic parent will pin two siblings against each other, this was a common tactic that my dad would use where he would praise one child and completely devalue the other one to induce some sort of jealousy. Or it could be if you have a narcissistic boss, they could triangulate you with a former you know, person that left the company. I really would like you to do what Daryl did. He was always so good, but he moved on to another company. But gosh, he was just such a hard worker. So what a narcissist will do in the devalue stage is list off the things that other people did for them that they really liked and they're going to see if you do the same. So the third part of this abuse cycle is what's called the discard. So the discard can be a lot of things. It could be them completely dumping you out of the blue, or it could be them ignoring you for a day or two, giving you silent treatment, or it could be threatening breakup or something that's really mean, like a big blow up fight and something that is over nothing and it's going to be huge. And it's only something to invoke emotion and response out of you. So either the discard will lead to a mental breakdown from you, crying, tears, or yelling. 
All of this fuels the narcissist. So for example, if they give you the silent treatment and you don't hear from them in 24 hours and you keep calling and calling and reaching out and reaching out and finally they get on the phone and you're so upset and you're bawling like, I'm so scared. I thought something would have happened to you. Or maybe you have a different reaction. Maybe it's anger. How dare you do this to me? I can't believe you left me. You know, you said you were in love with me. Regardless, anger or sadness is attention. And that's all the narcissist wants out of you. And they want to know that they caused an emotional disturbance from you. And the reason they do that is because they know when you show emotion that you still really care about them and all of your energy is focused on them. Now, you'd think that this would be it. Over, end of sentence, wow, they're super toxic. I got so upset. They ignored me for 24 hours or they gave me the silent treatment. They dumped me. They were flirting with another person. They were, you know, I caught them cheating. I I caught them doing something. You think that would be the end of it, but it is absolutely not. That is just the beginning of another cycle. Because just right after that happens, the narcissist will quickly go back into the beginning stage of love bombing again. So you'll either get a gift or you'll either get a grand gesture or you will get back to that really, really love stage where, oh my gosh, I'm in love again. And they'll say, I'm so sorry. You're the love of my life. I can't believe I did that to you. That'll never happen again. And you'll know (laughs) because it's going to be a lot of work words. Narcissists are notorious for doing a word salad where they will literally talk about nothing and it's a very cyclical conversation. They'll talk in circles and circles and circles. And the whole reason for that is because that causes a lot of confusion on your end and it never gets to the point and there's no ever like clear solution as to why they did that. And you'll notice that because right after the love bombing, you'll get back into the devalue cycle and eventually will lead to the discard. But even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, wow, why would anyone stick around for that? And if you've been the victim of abuse growing up, in my case, that's how I learned what love was. I thought that being criticized was love. I thought that emotional abuse was love. I thought that when you had an outbreak and you cried and you were dramatic, I thought that is how you got people back into your life because that is what I grew up learning. So in a romantic relationship, you don't realize that whole cycle, the ups and downs, that that is very toxic behavior. You don't really realize that that's not normal until you're with a friend that just loves you unconditionally and you have a peaceful friendship, then you really realize how toxic people are. And it is really hard when you're in the relationship with a narcissist to get out because of that cognitive dissonance you have. And the longer you're with a narcissist, the more delusional you can become because of that cycle. And because when the highs are so good, and the lows are so low, you really start to question your worth and you become very codependent on this person. Now, how a narcissist will leave your life for good. This is very difficult because once a narcissist has 
manipulated you at one point, it's very hard to get rid of them because they think of you as property. Because if they spent all this time and effort into grooming you, idealizing you, putting you in this devalue and discard phase, they don't want to get rid of you. And they want you in that back supply in case one of their new supplies don't work out. So it's very, very common where a narcissist will keep their exes in their lineup because they always want to know that at one point they can go back. And a lot of times the exes will just with open arms take them back because they believe in this quote unquote soulmate narrative because they've been groomed and they've been lied to. The only way that you can safely get rid of a narcissist is by never talking to them again, by blocking them, by completely removing them from your life. And and this is what we call no contact. Now, no contact is the safest way to get away from emotional and psychological abuse. You should never, ever, ever continue to talk or entertain someone who has put you through abuse period, end of sentence. Now, I understand there are some circumstances where that will be very difficult. Like if you share a child with this person or it's a family dynamic, I will personally say that I have successfully done no contact with all of the ex-narcissists in my life and also my narcissistic father. But it's difficult because I still love my family and I still go to events. I love the block button, but there are times where you're going to have to continue to maybe talk to the narcissist in a family dynamic, or like I said, if there's custody agreements or something involving your children. Now, what you do is you just do little to no contact and you make it very factual and don't involve any emotion or any type of personality (laughs) because the narcissist will miss your personality, but you have to give them just, it's called the gray rock. If, If you are as boring as a gray rock, they want nothing to do with you. But they will try to hoover you again and again and again and again because they want to know that you still love them. They want to know that you're still obsessed with them. They want to know where you stand in the lineup. And that's why a lot of narcissists will groom people for a long, long, long time. They'll have, you know, friends from high school or middle school that they've kind of kept on the line but never dated. And then suddenly when they run out of supply, they call up that high school or middle school friend because they have been grooming them for 15, 20 years. And if none of this really resonated or you're confused about if it's a toxic person versus a narcissist, the best way for you to discern if someone is toxic or not is by setting a boundary with them. If they do something that crosses a boundary or they blatantly don't listen to a boundary and try to push the boundary, that is how you know that they truly don't have your best interest at mind. It could be something as simple as like, hey, when I'm at work, I can't answer my phone. So please don't call me, you know, until after 5 p.m. If your phone blows up every single day at 12, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock because they want to talk to you when they want to talk to you, that means they've crossed a boundary. Or it could be something like, I'm not very comfortable with that. Let's not talk about that. And yet they continue to push on it. That's how you can kind of start to discern. And if you're in a narcissistic relationship, if you leave them first, that is a narcissistic injury. They hate that with a fiery passion because they never want to be rejected. That's the whole reason they have those worshipers in the lineup because they never want to hear the word no. So if you discard them first, I mean, it's it's very common that they will continue to fight or manipulate their way back in, or it's called a hoover where they try to hoover you back into their life. 
The reason they call it the Hoover is because a narcissist will use any tactic to get back into your life. A narcissist will use a death in the family, a tragic event, like something that has happened to them, maybe even them going to the hospital, getting hurt, going to a mental hospital. They'll use any type of tactic to get back into your life. And because you are an empath, they know that by saying something that is triggering and feeding on your heartstrings will get them back into your life. And narcissists will also use what's called a flying monkey to get back into your life. So we call a flying monkey, either a family member, a friend, or a spy of the narcissist, probably someone in their harem that will reach out on their behalf. So a flying monkey, the reason they call it the flying monkey is because in the Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch of the West has her little flying monkey minions that go and do her dirty work, right? Do not fall for this. Do not break no contact because a flying monkey reaches out to you. And eventually you might have to do no contact or block the flying monkey if they continue to disregard your boundaries. If you try to expose the narcissist, or if you try to run and tell their next victim that they are so toxic or this and that, they will use that to do a smear campaign on you and embarrass you publicly and humiliate you. That's just what they'll do because if you humiliate them, they're going to do it worse. So I highly recommend cutting it clean and getting help. And it's also really good to seek community help. There's a lot of narcissistic abuse survivors that connect online, or you just need to talk to your friends about what you've endured. Because if you've had a person like this in your life, it's very possible that you will have a lot of healing to do. But the second you start coming on to a narcissist, like you start calling them out here and there, they're going to start lining up their secondary supply right away because they will want to control the narrative. They'll want to dump you somehow, even though you're calling them out or breaking up with them first. They will either beg for you back and then eventually discard you, or they will be buying time before they line up their supply. No contact also means do not look at their social media. Do not talk to them. Do not stalk them. You don't want to know what's going on in their life because they are trying to abuse you years after they're done with you. If any of this resonated, and even if you don't know for sure, I really want you to seek help and try to distance yourself from this person as much as possible. And even if you do already know, yes, this person is a narcissist in my life, you cannot continue to have a relationship with this person because it is very dangerous. And for your own safety and for your own health, you need to cut ties. And I know how difficult that is. Trust me, trust me, trust me. It is one of the hardest things you have to do, but you've been lied to. And these types of people, especially people with narcissistic personality disorder, they are incapable of loving anybody. They do only love themselves because love is an action. It's not a word. And people can prove that they love you through peace, through support, and through harmony. Anyone that lies, anyone that cheats, anyone that causes you physical and or emotional psychological harm is not someone that has your best interest in mind. Do not get wrapped up in the drama. Do not reach out to new supply, reach out to old supply, trying to gather information. Just gather information on how you can heal, period. You want this person as far out of your 
life as possible. And I'm telling you this from my experience and from so many other victims and survivors of this type of abuse, that is the only way that you can fully heal. And healing is not linear. I know it takes many, many, many years to heal this. And you might not ever feel completely normal again, but at least you'll be abuse-free. And that is the most important way you want to live your life. When you have someone like this around, your nervous system cannot handle it. You will get very sick and you will become very mentally sick as well. So please, please, please take care of yourself. So there was a lot I covered, a lot I talked about, and I hope it gave you some sort of awareness of a narcissistic personality disorder, what you can go through emotionally or physically. And if you are an empath, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my episode all about empaths because it explains why you might be drawing in toxic people into your life and it explains how you can actually heal. I really truly want to bring awareness to this topic. You could easily feel guilty about or ashamed about or feel so dumb. Like, how did I fall for that? And I'm here to tell you that's ludicrous. You are a human being with feelings and you were manipulated and that's not your fault. But you knowing about it and healing yourself and making changes into how you let people into your life and to implementing your boundaries, the world will soar for you. And the second that I let go of all of the toxic people and narcissists from my life, my life started to bloom in a way that I can't even describe to you. And it's a part of your karmic journey and your lesson. And I'm here to tell you to keep going and to keep healing and that you are beautiful and strong and capable. I know this was a tough topic to talk about today, guys. I really appreciate your patience and I really appreciate you being open to this topic And if this was painful to hear, I'm so sorry. I know there's a reason why I went through this, and I know there's a reason you have too. For every single person listening today, I just want to send you a big energetic hug. I love each and every one of you. Oh, man. Okay. Sending you a lot of love and light and happiness and go do something amazing today. I know you can do it. You can find me on social media at spirit underscore sis, or you can head over to my website, spiritsis.com. I've also included some narcissistic support and recovery resources in my show notes. So please check those out if you need any help at all. Until next time, loves, keep your boundaries strong and love yourself. No one else can love you like you can love you.